Well, um, for the sake of our visitors, I'm John Sue. I'm an elder here, as well as the treasurer, as I mentioned earlier. Um, our congregational leader, Pastor Bob Black, is currently in Reading and doing pretty much similar to what I'm doing now. He's teaching people there. So we hope you'll come back. He'll be back next week. However, next week, for the benefit of everybody, we have uh, some guests coming in. Rabbis Harlan and Joyce Picker from Beth Yechad uh, Congregation in Phoenix, Arizona. They will be sharing next week uh, before the Pastor's Appreciation Luncheon. For the past, and I forgot the day, uh, what are we on, 11 days, Charlene? 12? Um, 18. See, I lost, I lost count. But for the last 18 days and for the next, yes, my math is escaping me at the moment. We've been instructed and encouraged and admonished to read Psalm chapter 27. I opened the service with this last week, and I'm going to open the message today with this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that, I, that will I speak, seek. English is my second. <clears throat> yes, that I will, will I seek that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the, same, in, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, Ron talked last week a little bit about the season that we're in and some of the part, things that we're doing right now. So what is that psalm that we just read? It's the psalmist expressing his heart 
expressing his feelings, expressing his mind to God. Right now, we're going into this time. We're talking about uh, Arab Rosh Hashanah. We're talking about blowing the shofarot. We should be hearing the shofarot some hundred times during this season. Leviticus chapter 23, beginning at verse 23. Then the Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Shabbat rest in memorial of blowing trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Also, the tenth day of this month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for, for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day will, shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person will be I will destroy, I will destroy from among your people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Shabbat. So what is it we're doing? First of all, what we're doing is we're examining ourselves. We're looking within to see what we have done wrong, where we have trespassed against God and against one another. What we're doing right now is what we should do on a daily basis. We should seek God, seek his guidance, seek his instruction, Seek his face. Now this has nothing to do with my wife being director of the prayer ministry, but we're going to talk a little bit about prayer as we lead into the High Holy Days. What is prayer? It's communion, communication, or conversation with God. God wants us to communicate with him. He's our father. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to talk to us. Sometimes things happen in our daily lives. And, you know, if she, I'm going to confess it because my wife probably won't say it publicly because I fail in this arena sometimes. But there are times when some things happen to me. The first thing I do is try to figure out Number one, why did this happen? How can I fix it? What's going on? But I don't direct those questions to God. I don't pray. I don't seek His will and find out, okay, maybe you're trying to get my attention. How do, I, how do we get over this hump? How do we get past this obstacle? And as believers, the first thing we should do is pray. How many, I mean, I don't want to show of hands or anything, but how many people can relate to that? How many people start the day with prayer, but in the middle of the day somewhere, 
things that happen, people you come into contact with, obstacles in your path all the way through the day, and all you can think about is either you're shaking your fist at somebody or you're yelling and screaming at somebody or you're trying to figure out how can I get this back on track and we forget we started the day seeking God to direct the day. But when there's a bump in the road, we seem to forget to go back to the source. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 says, It shall come about if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to love your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. The Talmud asks the question, what does serve him with all your heart mean? The conclusion is that we are required to pray. See, we have a tool in Judaism. It's called a Seder Tefillah, usually referred to as a Siddur. It's, that means order or arrangement of prayer. And the order of service, the way we do it, whichever variation you look at, we had one variation last week, another variation this week. We may have others, in the, we've had others in the past, we may have others in the future. But what happens is I hear some people say that reading the same thing over and over again is vain repetition. But if you stop and think about most of our liturgy, most of our liturgy comes straight from the pages of Scripture. So, are you saying, those who may say it's vain repetition, that the Scripture is vain repetition? I think that any word, any passage, any chapter, any book, read as many or as few times as you read it, can never be vain repetition because it's God's word put to page for us to read, for us to refer to. So what's vain about re reciting scripture, reading scripture, referring to scripture? However, if you're reading scripture and you don't have it in your heart, or as in the Jewish mindset, the heart is the mind, okay, it could be vain. Maybe you shouldn't quote scripture if you don't have the right attitude. And that's what it comes down to, attitude. We're in this process now of cleansing, through God's help, our hearts and minds. We're searching. We're trying to get rid of all that. I'm going to use the word leaven. What, is this Passover, John? No, it's not Passover, but it's the same principle. We have to get the leaven out of our lives, out of our hearts, out of our thoughts. According to the Talmud, referring to confession of sin, no amount of prayer or confession of sins can secure atonement unless it's accompanied by a change of conduct. Once again, attitude. It's about how we carry ourselves, how we speak, what we do. It's one thing to come before the altar, figuratively speaking, or if you want to come up here and consider this the altar, you can do that too. And say one thing in front of everybody 
and have them see you doing something else. Your heart wasn't right. Your attitude wasn't right. You didn't have a change. Where, can, where do we pray? Where can we pray? Where do we pray? Anywhere. Walking, driving, riding a bus or train, at work. I mean, how many times have you been driving down the road, stuck in traffic, have you actually prayed during the time you were on the road? Sometimes, especially Southern California, if you travel any kind of distance, sometimes you're on the road for an hour, sometimes two hours, depending on which direction you're going. But how many people use that time to talk to God? 33 years of driving a, a, a big rig, I found that that's the prime time, and actually that's the best time to talk to God. Because believe me, there were times that, that were very trying, and uh, I'll tell you what, some of the people on the road just do not respect a big truck. Ron knows what I'm talking about. But remember, it's all about attitude. Don't miss the opportunities and, that are there for you to talk to God. Again, that's what prayer is. But I have a question. If you can't find time for God, how do you expect him to time, find time for you? Just think about it. I want to briefly hit on what the goal of prayer sh is and should be and should not be. What it's not or shouldn't be is to get something that we want. Just to get something. Or to make God change, because we read in Scripture that God doesn't change. Or to just simply satisfy our physical or material desires. I just want to do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray to God that I can do that and he'll make the way for me to do that. Well, if that's not his will, maybe it's not the right thing to do. Because what prayer, the goal of prayer should be and is, is to create, an, in, create or improve a relationship with God. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 says, Come, let us reason together. In other words, communicate. Let's talk, God. Psalm 145, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. So when you call on him, how do you know you're calling in truth? Because you're going to seek him through his word. His word is going to tell you the truth. And that's the desire of his heart. It should change us. It's easy to ask God for something in particular, then when we're seemingly denied that request to think that we've wasted our time. Well, prayer is much deeper than a sophisticated means of taking care of our shopping list. The greatest and ultimate outcome of our prayers is simply connecting with God. That's all he wants from us. He just wants us to talk to him and then listen to him. Does anybody think that you have to tell God something before he knows about it? He knew before you even thought about it. He knew you were going to think about it before you even thought about it. David tells us this in Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. 
For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? And in Psalm 9, verse 10, he says, Those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Prayer is also deliberate. It's not haphazard. Prayer, the Hebrew word for prayer is lehit palel, which means to pray or, let's relate it to the time we're in now, to judge oneself. James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Righteous man. There's a key there. Because just like Yeshua praying himself, for us to pray for someone else, we need to make sure we're right first and foremost. David puts it this way in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Again, we're, we're being introspective right now. We are searching our hearts and our minds to see where we have fallen short, where we have not done what God wants us to do. And we're turning to him for new direction, to turn us around. The Talmud says a man should always examine himself before offering prayer. If he can direct his heart to God, let him pray. Otherwise, he should not pray. Again, we're in that season where we are looking in and we are seeking God to direct us in repentance. A few weeks ago, some of us were in here after the service um, and we we're kind of just chatting and someone brought up, well, well that's it. You know, we're, we're searching and we're trying to f- make sure that we're clean. And someone made the comment that, well, it's not Yom Kippur yet. Well, that's the point. This is the time of preparation for being atoned for and becoming whole. This is the time where we begin all of this. We don't just wait for one day and come before the Lord and repent. It's a process. There's a lot of stuff in us. How do you, you, you know that? There's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be in us. Thoughts, deeds that we did that shouldn't, we shouldn't have done. So it's not about one day an ongoing process. And we're going through that process. We're counting down to that Day of Atonement. Matthew chapter 5. Somehow. Beginning of verse 21. Yeshua is talking here. And what he says is, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So he relates being angry with your brother or your sister, ladies, with murder. It's just as bad. And whoever says to his brother, Racha, you shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, 
will be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. What we're doing right now is teshuvah. Teshuvah has been referred to and translated as repentance. Well, it's that, but it's more than that. It's a return. It's to go back. Go back to what? Go back to who? Go back to where? Go back to God. Go back to His ways. So another term in Hebrew we use for prayer, and that's uh, avodah shebelev, which is the work of the heart. In meaningful prayer, we should be asking for what we need to enable us to serve God better, not simply satisfy our own desires or egos. James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Rabbi Kirstner said, is recorded as saying, if we pray to God primarily for the purpose of his giving to us, just so that we can have more of what we want, this is glorified narcissism, not prayer. He also said, if we pray for the sole purpose of controlling the master of the world, so that he will do our will, this is not prayer. First of all, we can never control the master of the universe. We can never tell him what to do but he can direct us into what he wants us to do. There's a big difference. It's not our will, but his will that will be done. Whether we accept it or don't accept it, it's going to be his will that's going to be done. Prayer is not an all or nothing. Deuteronomy chapter 11, the term, Bekol Levachem, which is with your whole heart, or it also is translated with any little piece of your heart. From the uh, writing written by a certain Batya Siu, something to think about, these are some of the things that we as believers could do if we just spent one hour a day to bring about, that can bring about a change in the world, our homes, and circumstances that have, that have bound us. If you spend 10 minutes a day on each of these things, number one, repentance, or turning back, see, that gives us the right to approach God once we repent for our sins. Then we can approach God cleansed. 10 minutes of praise, Praising him for his grace, for his mercy, for his loving kindness. Ten minutes of thanksgiving, again, for his blessings. Ten minutes praying in the Spirit and allowing, ready for this? Allowing the Ruach to speak from you to God and back. Not whatever you want to say, but allow him to speak. 
Ten minutes of reading scripture. Again, reciting God's word. Repeat it back to him. And ten minutes in meditation. This is, I found to be the most overlooked part of prayer. And that's waiting to hear from God. Most of the time we, in our busy lives, we spend a few minutes and we pray. We, we go and ask God for guidance. We ask him for direction. We ask him to show us what he wants us to do. And then we, out the door, jump in the car and start driving. Maybe he didn't want you to go get in the car right now. Maybe there's something going on. That ten minutes of every day on all of these things, you would spend a very, very profitable one hour. Rabbi Kirstner also said, true concentration in prayer starts with a single step not with an iron mind and a genius's brain. Think about this. How many of you have ever been late to work because you spent extra time praying so it caused you to be late? How many were late to work because you were just praying and praying and seeking God and listening to God and you just left late? How many can say that they walked into work late and went to their supervisor and said, you know, I'm sorry I was late. I was praying and I just got, time just got away from me. How many can say that they had, they've had to do that because that's what happened? It's, I've never actually been able to do that. When should you pray? Anytime. You can set times. You know, when you get up in the morning, uh, after you get the kids off to school, uh, on your lunch break, you can set times like that. Or spontaneously, just start praying. Start seeking God. Start talking to God. I mean, can you imagine that? God is actually ready to talk to you whenever you open the dialogue. How many people are like that? I know some people, and I've heard, I heard someone on the radio the other day saying, when my wife calls and I look at my cell phone and see it's her, I don't want to answer because she won't just get to the point and say what she called for, but she starts getting the details of the day. This is what's going on. So, so I don't want to answer because I'm not ready to spend the next half hour of my busy day talking to my wife on the phone. I heard that on the radio. Oh, I'm busy, so you know I, I can't ti- find time to pray. Well, do you always plan to call that family member or that your husband, your wife, to talk? Because sometimes we just pick up the phone because we're thinking of somebody, or we sometimes say, "Well, the Lord put me on, put you on my mind, so I thought I'd call." But how many times has the Lord put Him on your mind and caused you to call? He should be the most important one. In our lives. Because it's because of him that we have being. That we have life. That we breathe. That we woke up this morning. So how can you expect him again to take time, make time for us if we don't make time for him? Shema. Shema. is not just to hear, but it's to listen. I mean, 
I can hear what you're saying, but am I listening to you? Do I know what you're saying to me? Do I understand what you're saying to me? And if it's direction, am I obeying those words? Am I following what you're saying? It requires an action on our parts. Not just to hear words coming in, but it's to act on those words. And I can't emphasize more. When you finish (laughs) saying your piece, wait. Give God a chance. Let him speak. Let him answer. Let him follow up on what you've already said. Sometimes, again, we pray amiss. We pray for things that are not ordained for us because we think we know best for ourselves. Only God knows what's best for us. From Joyce Meyer's Ending the Day Right, based on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer. She entitled that this this particular devotional, exercise the privilege of prayer. We have the privilege of coming before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and offering up our petitions, offering up our thanksgiving, and seeking Him for direction. Here's what she says. Prayer to many is just a ritual reserved for church services or special occasions. To others it is something they do when they have a problem or get sick. But prayer is not kind of some kind of ritual or mechanical function. It is something you should live out all day long, just like breathing. Prayer is conversation with God. And effective prayer includes thanksgiving, praise, and petitions. And it works for all kinds of situations from small to great. And at any time of day or night, prayer demonstrates humility. It's a symbol of your dependence on God, and the humble get the help. She concludes that section by saying, as you settle down to sleep or sometimes rise, pray and let God know how much you love him. Thank him, praise him, and offer any petitions you may have, knowing he hears and answers prayer. You know, the sages ordain three times a day to pray. I said you can pray any time. As many times as you want. You can have set times. The three times were this. And this was so you include God in every part of your daily life. From in the morning to enter the day knowing that it is a gift from God. Bringing in awareness to better interact in both business and personal relationships. And to more appreciate what we have. And to acknowledge and allow God to be actively involved during the day. You know if you start the day seeking God and him, allowing him to direct you, the day goes a lot smoother. I can testify to that. I've started days not seeking God's direction and I've seen the outcome and I've seen how the day progresses. I'd rather seek him first. The afternoon... We can become so involved in what we're doing, our creativity and abilities becoming our focus, instead of relying on God to be in control. Stopping to pray puts us back in the mindset that acknowledges him being the source of our success. 
And that success is indeed a blessing from him. So who puts you in the position you're in? You may think, oh, well, you know, I went to school and I was educated. Yeah, but who put all of that in your mind? Not the professor. Because you know what? Our minds can only hold so much. That's why right now some of you have already tuned me out for the past 15 minutes. Because it, you can only keep track for so long. I'm not one to do like some speakers. Some speakers throw in a joke about every 12 to 15 minutes to kind of bring focus back in on the message. I can't do that. Once I get in the middle of something, I have to bring it to completion. And I don't think the humor is always the way to do that. But there are some that will do that. And all it does is it refocuses. Because studies have been done where you find out that people may hear the first 10, 15 minutes, and then somewhere in the middle they zone out for 15 minutes, and they come back in. So they missed a great portion of it. Then in the evening, we learn the concept of faith and belief. Although not everything we wanted to accomplish happened today, we know that tomorrow brings new opportunities. By spending those three times, at least, praying during the day, we involve God in our lives. We don't just go off, launch into our own world after we pray in the morning, but we allow God to be part of our day by praying to him at different times. So if we pray only when we felt like it, we could easily get caught up in our activities and exclude God from being involved in our lives. According to the Talmud, true prayer is more than the utterance of the lips. It must come from the heart. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 41. Nisa lavavenu el kapayim el El the New American Standard translates that as we lift up our heart and hands toward God in heaven. Young's literal translation says we lift up our heart on the hands unto God in the heavenlies. Another translation says we lift our heart in our palms unto God in heaven. To break this down, the Talmud refers to this verse by saying, a person's prayer is not heard unless he places his heart in his hands. We have to offer God our hearts so that we can have that heart connection with him. So as we're entering into and we're involved in a time of being introspective and seeking what's wrong in us, don't do it from a physical carnal standpoint. Because you know what? Sometimes if we look, we say, oh, you know, I'm good. Nothing wrong in me. Let's seek God. God, search my heart, know my thoughts, see if there's any wicked way in me. Let him reveal it to you. It's a scary thought sometimes. But it's very eye-opening if your intent is teshuvah. Returning to him. Because he will show it to you. Believe me. And guess what? When he shows it to you, it's not going to be a surprise. You knew it. It's like you're riding down in a boat on the river in Egypt. It's called denial. We all experience denial. We all want to think 
that we're doing better than we are. But if we truly search ourselves and by God's grace see ourselves, we know that we are in denial and we need to turn to him. So during this time of turning back to God and revealing our faults to him, don't forget that we need to seek repentance among ourselves sometimes too. It's not all about just, okay, God, you and you were, we're tight, right? We're good. That's not, that's not enough. We have to be able to look around and say, Jack, we're good, right? I haven't offended you. Have I offended you? Okay, and you haven't offended me? <laughs> not today. So we're good. So it goes beyond just seeking God and seeing what we've done wrong to him. We have to seek those that we've done wrong too. So in conclusion, prayer is our direct contact with Abba. To neglect that contact is to cut off a very vital lifeline. But we need to examine our own motives and desires. As James says in chapter 4, you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. In Psalm 37, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. However, let's look at John, 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. This is the confidence that we have before him. Listen very carefully, because I know I've lost you, but you have to listen very carefully just for a few more moments. If we tell anything to God, oh, wait a minute. Oh, if we ask anything, Based on our desires. No? You mean I'm really getting bad at English? Oh, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we've asked of him. Remember this. We need him. Without him, we can do nothing. Don't wait for the next calamity in life to overwhelm you before you seek his face. Seek him while he may be found, and maybe, just maybe, that calamity won't even come. And you know what? I could live with that. I really could. Psalm 27, when you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And 1 Chronicles chapter 16 Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Let's stand.